Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the second in our summit um, podcast leading up to the CloudCom Summit at, at the end of June. I'm pleased to say I've got Alan Foy with me, who's the CEO of Star to Star and, um, and Blueface, and is one of our key speakers uh, at the event. Um, so I'd like, Alan, just if you could, I know you very well, but maybe you could just introduce yourself and the business um, that, uh, that you're working, because not everybody will know um, both parts of the business. If you could just give us a, a brief introduction uh, to Star to Star and Blueface. Sure. Uh, thanks, Matt. And thanks for the opportunity to uh, talk with you and your listeners. Um, yeah, I'm CEO, as you pointed out, of Blueface and Star to Star, um, which recently merged on the 1st of January of this year to basically form a global unified communications as a service business. Um, we operate a full spectrum of product sets, uh, ranging from pure, if you like, UCAS hosted voice through to um, uh, hosted with SD-WAN. We've got Global Contact Center and a bunch of other products around our integration platform with third-party enterprise SaaS. So it's a full spectrum solution, uh, basically. Um, Star to Star is a very, very uh, uh, prominent in North America is a 100% channel focused organization. Uh, so we distribute it throughout North America through the channel uh, and has developed a fairly unique kind of early stage SD WAN offering called their hybrid constellation proposition um, throughout North America and have a very, very strong active base of channel resellers and partners uh, across the, across all the States. Uh, Blueface is a, effectively pan-European um, UCAS provider in Europe, um, headquartered out of out of Ireland and Europe, and head, we're headquartered out of Florida, incidentally, um, in uh, North America. And basically, we offer, offer a, a fully um, kind of translatable, localizable UCAS platform uh, across the European market. And then both companies effectively came together this year, but had been working together quite closely um, for the guts of a year, year and a half or so together. Um, and we basically service the legacy SMB, but we're very, very uh, prominent in mid-market and enterprise and increasingly have been doing a huge amount in the, what I would call, carrier wholesale space. Um, and I have uh, great plans in that respect. So hopefully that gives you an overview. Yeah, great. That's great, Alan. And, and you kind of got a bit of a unique view because you've been spending time both in, in Europe and um, and in the US, and I think more and more, as you were saying earlier, and maybe in Asia as well. Um, what's your sort of view on what you're seeing, the differences are, what are the key trends that you're seeing um, from your sort of time in those different markets? What do you think are the key, key differences and the key trends you're seeing in each of those markets? Uh, yeah, thanks, Matt. That's a really good question, I suppose. First of all, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, we have presence in North America today, very strong presence. I think we're in the top five in terms of UCAS uh, vendors in, in North America. Very strong presence now in Europe. And also we've got a very strong presence in Asia-Pac, predominantly indirectly, actually, in that we service a number of carriers in Asia-Pac. Uh, so we don't actually have uh, you know, a huge direct base, but we do have a huge indirect base. I suppose looking at all three of those, um, what I'd say is that you know, SMB or the legacy kind of SMB sub 50 seats um, opportunity is obviously growing. It's just growing at a slower rate, I think, uh, in the last year or so, not just, um, you know, um, for our company, but across the board. So I think, you know, SMB grows roughly, you know, on average at a sector level, I think around 11% uh, each year uh, blended. Um, but what we're seeing actually is a really strong uptake and strong growth in mid-market and enterprise. And actually in the last year, year and a half in particular, we've seen um, tremendous growth in enterprise. And, uh, you know, 
depending on how you define enterprise, a bunch of the vendors out there, you can't say anything over 50 seats, which is probably fair enough. But we're seeing a, a huge, huge uplift there. And I think there's a couple of reasons for that. I think the SMB space is fairly competitive. And obviously, you know, UCAS has its role to play in that um, kind of target segment. But I think increasingly enterprise, distributed enterprise on mid-market are basically recognizing, well, all of our other enterprise applications are moving to the cloud. Why exactly aren't our unified communications and voice services and so on and collaboration services not you know, cloud-based as well? So that's definitely driving a huge amount of, of, of adoption, I guess, at that enterprise level. And I think that will absolutely continue for the next number of years. I think if you look at the the overall kind of, as you just point out, the, the differentiation between each of the markets, you know, from a, from a market penetration perspective, and I know you've got great uh, research around this, but it looks like in North America, you know, broadly, you know, cloud adoption of UCAS is probably around the 18 to 20% mark of, of the total number of businesses or number of addressable seats. I think in Europe, it's kind of like a blended 14, 15%. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but also in Asia Pack, it's, it's, a, it's a lower kind of overall adoption rate. So I think each of the markets are coming off a different um, base, if you like, uh, as we look at 2018. But absolutely, I see in Asia Pack very, very strong growth rates at the moment. Um, I probably, you know, double the growth rate, I'd, I'd suggest, um, of Europe um, um, and obviously the more mature market of North America. Great. And one of the areas that we're kind of going to talk about in the upcoming summit, and a lot of service providers, you talked about serving service providers more and more um, as well, was you made a decision a long while ago to develop your own platform, um, which you're now obviously, uh, as you mentioned, selling to other service providers. What kind of drove that that decision because obviously people are are thinking more about how they differentiate themselves and how they differentiate their service we're going to be talking about this at the the summit but i just kind of wondered what was what drove that um decision for you in the early days of i guess blueface yeah i think well i think both companies obviously both um you know blueface and startup star have a very strong legacy of R&D and technology investment and obviously focusing on our core product offering. We are absolutely passionate about products. Um, some might say obsessed, actually, uh, depending on how you describe it. Um, and that's a good thing and a bad thing. It was a, a good thing in the sense it, it has given us a lot of versatility. It means that we've really focused on trying to you know, build out a differentiation and an internationalization and a scalability that maybe others have not yet done. And also... I suppose we've looked at this kind of full spectrum type solution set and we think that's pretty differentiated as well. There's a huge investment though, of course, required for that. And, and obviously we've invested quite heavily in R and D and we continue to do so. So it is it is a it is a business decision that one has to make. You know, you can either license in third party technology uh, or you can effectively build out your R and D and in house investment. So we focus on the latter, obviously making that investment and continue to do so. Um, and I suppose that has given us a degree of confidence to bring that as a, as a market opportunity into the service provider space. And um, we've obviously had a, quite a lot of success, particularly over the course of the last two years in that, in that domain. And I, th- I think that, in many respects, if you look at the marketplace uh, and you look at other providers who are reliant on, say, just one sole behemoth to a large extent, 
um, they can't really build that differentiation. And, and I mean, the horse is certainly bolted in that respect. So our argument on the service provider space is, well, we'll actually work with you to help you build differentiation in some shape or form um, and try and build out if that's a you know, customized experience or if it's integrated into your, your existing offering and try and give you some samples of differentiation and control over your own uh, destiny. But certainly we made that des- decision, I'd say, as you point out, probably you know, seven, ten years ago. Yeah, and it'd probably be harder to make that decision now um, than than it was then. Um, in terms of um, hearing, we're hearing a lot in terms of the next sort of phase and how people are differentiating and where they're developing. We're hearing a lot about um, mobile collaboration, these sorts of areas. What what areas do you think are going to be going to be key in terms of a product side that you 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 guys are focusing on? I, I know you mentioned SD WAN earlier mm-hmm. uh, in, in the podcast. What are the areas that that that, that you're focusing on for that from the product perspective? Yeah, well, I think I think you're, first of all on SD WAN, um, obviously you know Starter Star's early really hybrid architecture was a very early stage SD WAN, and that's obviously at the core to the product offering at Starter Star in North America. We are obviously investing quite heavily in our SD-WAN development um, and projects um, this year. So I think we're, we're going to have some pretty pretty cool announcements um, in the next quarter and probably just in time for your conference. Um, but uh, SD-WAN is obviously a, a, a core offering, and that's also something we're looking at from a European perspective as well. Um, taking a couple of steps back, I mean, you mentioned mobile, you mentioned collaboration. You know, I, I think, and just at an industry trend level, I think the mobile carriers are ones we, we have to watch as, as kind of market participants in this kind of unified communications, cloud communication space. Um, we would certainly like to help enable and collaborate with those mobile carriers and are doing a lot more around kind of fixed mobile integration, around kind of, you know, really intelligent routing um, and trying to build out a product offering that suits that Um uh, increasingly, so we'll probably have a fairly interesting mobile development, probably realistically Q4 this year or Q1 next year. On the collaboration space, I think collaboration is kind of a you know a ship that's already moving. It's it's in train. I think you know there's no real differentiation around collaboration anymore. It's like a checkbox; you have to have it. Um, we've we've invested quite heavily in, in our iPaaS integrations platform to build out some of our integrations in third-party enterprise SaaS. Um, and obviously around those collaboration tools as well. I think the, an, an area that probably hasn't gotten um, a lot of attention yet, but I think you'll, you'll definitely see it in announcements, and I think you'll see it increasing over the next while. Um, you've seen, obviously, a degree of uh, participation in the AI space and how AI fuses with voice and fuses with you know, um, the business process. So I think we're going to see a lot more innovation around core enterprise business process where unified communications fits in that ecosystem of really revolutionizing the customer experience, automating to a certain extent, intelligently routing um, and overlaying content and ultimately taking really that 360 degree view of you've got these bunch of applications in your business. How do you reform and streamline and transform that process in your business and where does UCAS and other elements fit? And I think that's really going to be a question a research question, for want of a better term, that providers are going to have to focus on. Um, and I don't think it's just about single products. It has to be about the ecosystem and how those elements work together. So uh, I'd say we'll probably see a lot of industry players moving increasingly in that, what I call the intelligence space um, around process uh, applications and obviously you guys. And, and I guess that ties into what I was going to talk to you about in the last um, area, which was 
we're obviously hearing a lot about you know, you know Microsoft's strategy and and particularly people like Twilio popping up now. And I guess Twilio is popping up in the areas that you just described in terms of API and, and you know integration. Well, how do you perceive the, the sort of new competition, and, and you know, and, and how do you perceive that as a as a business? Yeah, I think well, two things I'd say about that. First of all, obviously, you know, Microsoft are obviously the elephant in the room, and everyone's going to try to figure out well, what will Microsoft do? How are they going to address this market? You know, are they going to try and become a telco? Are they going to compete with telco and so on? And I think, you know, in fairness, Microsoft are, are shaping that strategy. Um, and I don't know if you know, I'm not going to take any bets on where they're going to go. Obviously, you mentioned Twilio, and you know, obviously Twilio have taken a particular market focus. Leveraging their CPaaS capability, and you know we we have a CPaaS offering actually in Startup Store on Blueface, but we haven't productized it in the same way as Twilio. Um, but obviously, in fairness, they've built out a very successful business model around it. I think that the way we perceive competition today is going to change very very quickly, and I think you know we talk amongst ourselves as vendors, as collaborators, and and obviously peers of the cloud communications network. Um, and we kind of, you know, we feel that we know who our competitors are. I genuinely feel our competitor is going to fundamentally change in the next kind of year to 18 months or two years. And we're going to see a lot more pressure from, you know, other enterprise SaaS type providers, you know, other CRM type providers, the HubSpots of this world, others that are kind of on the periphery of our capability, but increasingly will play in our market space. Now, what I, the bet I'm trying to take to a large extent is that, well, how can we be an, an enabler of those third parties and how can we become a platform that they can leverage? But I do, I do think that, you know, the competition matrix that we have today and the analysis and reports that you produce today, I think we're going to have a bunch of other vendors and providers there that, you know, some of which we don't even know who they are. Um, and I'm kind of, you know, in one sense, that's exciting because we can work together to build up better business value propositions for our customers. And in another sense, it's, uh, oh, dear, that's very interesting. Um, you know, my competitor is now behaving in a very different way to my legacy competitors. And that's something we have to, we have to address. So we really have moved from that early adopter, you know, cloud communication space to really a much more mature growth space where a lot of providers of other types of technologies and solutions that have been at the edge of our market space are really starting to play. And uh, we all need to basically either work with, with, with them, collaborate with them, but they're, they're coming to town. So we better figure that out. Great. Well, thanks a lot, Alan, for your time. Really appreciate it. And, and those who want to hear more from Alan, we'll see him at our, at our, at our conference, um, which is CloudCom Summit on, 20, on the 26th and 27th of June, just outside Washington. So I look forward to, to meeting you there again and and thanks for your time thank you Matt looking forward to it